0: Me? I'm good. So uh, I take delight in. I, I read a book called The Book of Delights um, by a University of Indiana poetry professor who, who wrote a delight every day after the 2016 election to maintain the sanity. So I discovered I take delight in meaningful objects. So this is one of my delights. It's a Jesus Christ superstar commemorative coffee cup, which I thought would be great for communion what's the buzz tell me what's happening and then i got a i got a a new um icon i've been getting into icons and this is um perpetua perpetua and felicity they were martyred together embracing it's pretty cool they're from africa in like 203 so get a load of that pretty awesome that's a delight and uh, so i i um I wanted to offer something for your coping kit. Um, so I, maybe it was last week when the the enormity of what we're dealing with was kind of hit me at nighttime for me, for me, it hits me in the middle of the night if I wake up right at the morning and sometimes before bed. So during the day, it's not so much a thing, but um, I was having that first big like, oh my, uh, moment before going to sleep, ah. I was watching Rachel Maddow. That was it. No more Rachel Maddow <laughs> at nighttime. Um, but uh, for some reason, I started thinking of my gami. So um, I don't know if you. My gami was my mother's mother. So I was kind of curious if people had unusual names for their grandparents, like uh, you know in Yiddish, it's uh, Booby and Z- Z- Zedi, I think it is, and Nana. So if you have an interesting name for your grandparents write it down there my kids called my um their grandmother boom boom so i thought that was unusual i'd put that up there but so my my mother's mother was gammy and of the two grandmothers gammy was like the remote stern one and so all my emotional attention went to my other grandmother grandma wilson because she gave me gum when i came over to visit her and she was very warm and we watched hockey together and all that but i really don't have like warm feeling memories of my gammy. But for some reason, I was thinking of gammy as I was trying to center myself before going to sleep. And I remember remembered that my mother said that gammy said all the time, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, which is from the Sermon on the Mount. It's in the King James. And it essentially means um, each day has troubles enough of, it own, of its own. And for some reason, I started to think about my gammy's life. Like I, 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 I might have like 10 facts about my gammy that are in my awareness. I don't have all these stories or anything, but I started putting these 10 facts together for the first time into a narrative. And I realized, I, and I got some of this from my sister, who's like the family historian. My gammy was born in England in 1887 which was actually a flu pandemic year. It wasn't as serious as the later 1918 flu. Um, she, she lived in Dis, England. Um, her mother died when she was a young woman and her father married her best friend. <laughs> and she was just troubled by the family situation. So she decided to go to Canada. Um, she, had, she had a whole bunch of siblings, but we only ever heard about one. So I'm inferring from that that there was some family trauma that was part of her life. She she went to Canada, and she went on the Lusitanic. Lus, it was three weeks after the Titanic, on the same line as the Titanic. So they basically did the North Atlantic route, and while they're going over the place where the Titanic was, they were they were like looking for stuff. And I just imagine a young woman on the next vessel, you know, like after the Titanic actually her her ship eventually uh, sank but not not while she was on it a couple years later she goes to canada she's a nanny she meets a man who's 25 years her senior and they get married so she left because her father married her best friend you know and then she married this older gentleman and then she goes through um world war one which was a you know, global meltdown that affected everyone, You know, 16 million people killed in World War I. She lived through the 1918 flu pandemic, which they, you know, they estimate a quarter of the population contracted the flu, and anywhere from like five to 20% um, died from, from the flu. I, I can still remember stories of people and the flu uh, pandemic of 1918 floating around my family uh, she went through the Great Depression with four kids. She lost one of them, um, Stephen, I think, was his name, uh, to diarrhea as a, as a young child. Um, she, um, she made money during the Depression. She was a devout Episcopalian. She made money uh, reading tea leaves for Episcopal women. At her church. So like my dad would always make fun of Gammy's reading tea leaves, you know You know the loose tea and there's a package coming Uh soon, but not too soon. It's gonna be not small, but not large either And so yeah, she she um her husband Left for st. Louis to work my grandpa who I never met and uh, he never sent any money um, so she's raising kids alone Um, reading tea leaves. Uh, He has a stroke in St. Louis and so my mother and Gammy take the train to pick him up, remember he's quite a bit older, and find out that he has a woman lover in St. Louis and kind of has another family. They bring him back, he eventually dies and and then it's World War II, she goes through World War II, she has two sons who are drafted into into the army Uh, she lived through the you know the most frightening time of the cold war which was the 1950s and you know i can remember as a kid air raid drills and and the actual fear that people felt about the possibility of nuclear a nuclear meltdown and where would we go and diving under your desks and and just remembering that period of fear and then um i think the last place gammy lived was a one room in a boarding house in Detroit. So she she had very modest means. And then the, the final um, memory, and this is the one that stood out. She came to our, our house for like hospice care. She had um, cancer uh, and she slept in my bed and I moved to another room and she died in my bed. And um, the last thing she said to my father before she died was like, look, Glenn, over there pointing to my closet. It's the angels. So you can imagine me returning to my bed after that and going through that whole thing. Um, and I realized I I had never connected the dots between her favorite saying, "Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof," and what this woman actually lived through, like four or five major global disasters that affected people personally around the world and for the first time i realized wow my my gammy had a must have had a deep spirituality she's reading tea leaves she probably had a little prophetic gifting going on um she saw angels before she died and that she really had like a spirituality of of resilience and so i've been like befriending my gammy in in recent days and i've been learning from her and i've been using that sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof as i'm dealing with the anxiety of the times that we're living in you know like okay we're dealing with whatever we're dealing today i start thinking about well what what's going to happen in a month or two weeks or six months and and then i just take a deep breath and i say sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof And there's something about knowing that that worked for my gammy through these kind of meltdowns that was really um, consoling. So, you know, Israel had that kind of a spirituality. It was a spirituality of resilience and that a big part of Israelite religion was calling to mind how the ancestors went through very difficult times and, and they were okay. And God was, God was with them. And I thought, you know the, in the new testament there's a, a you know which is a jewish set of writings really uh, peter writes dear friends don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you as though something strange were happening to you because it was just the expectation of, of people that yeah bad things were going to happen a lot and don't be surprised i can remember in 2016 i was so surprised by the election results and there were other people in the church who were not surprised at all and it's because they had developed a spirituality of resilience uh, through what they'd been through and so many i think in our church have this kind of a spirituality i, I think of our lgbtq members who many of whom you know some of them went through conversion therapy were in non-affirming spaces religious spaces growing up but, still have to be careful of where you go on vacation with your partner and there's only certain places that really work for vacation and being concerned about showing any holding hands in public and and you know a constant kind of scrutiny of your safety i think of our people of color in our congregation just this is just normal uh, you know understanding you, you drive 5 miles under the speed limit and and you know when you're going out Te- telegraph north of eight mile because an encounter with the police can often go south or uh, you know having co-workers and not knowing who's like a who's like a closet racist and then dealing with your liberal white friends who have unconscious racism that they can't even admit because they have to have this view of themselves as wonderful people and um, it's just like um, so I've been trying to learn from my gammy, and um, when I get into that what-if space, I've been calling her words to mind, um, made me think too that 12-step recovery is a is a spirituality of resilience, and that one day at a time may well have come from sayings of Jesus in the Bible that are along the lines of sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So, So for our um, quiet reflection meditation time keeping in mind that there may be kids running around or may not be so quiet incorporate that into your meditation i'm going to offer two um two parts to this the first is that you um oh i forgot to show you a picture of my gammy i'm sure you want to see a picture of my gammy that's uh oh that's her on the you know the older woman on um, i guess you're right my uncle Russ in the middle of my mom there. And that's my house in Detroit, 20309 Gilcrest in Northwest Detroit. So there's Gammy, Missy Gammy. Um, but, um, the first is just to do a minute of a scribing practice. So actually writing things out is, a is its own meditative practice. Um, Deborah Garcia Wagner has been talking about this. I think with the kids, in her Sunday school class. So I wanted to suggest that you pick one of these versions of sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I'll bring it closer to the camera. Actually, just take a a minute now to write down the version that you like. So there's sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's from the King James. There's each day has trouble enough of its own. Each day has trouble enough of its own. I think that's like the new international version. And then there's the easy reader version that we use for, um, Noah used that version for the reading today. Each day has trouble enough of its own. Tomorrow will have its own worries. That's That's a good one. Each day has troubles enough of its own. Tomorrow has its own worries and then a special thing for caroline who is uh loves uh, jewish studies and of course the rabbis of that period had sayings like this jesus wasn't so original as gentile um christians like to think but the, the saying that was around at that time by the rabbis was the suffering of the present day is enough for it the suffering of the present day is enough for it so go ahead and pick one and just jot it down you can write it down a few times and let it kind of sink into your into your mind that way through your hand part of your body Okay, that's great. And uh, you can return to that if you like. And then the the second practice is, um, you know, in in Western Christianity, we don't have much sense of the ancestors. But African Christianity is all over that and African spirituality in general, is a really robust understanding of the ancestors are around us, and they're here to help us in times of trouble. And the text in the New Testament is, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So I just wanna suggest that you take a moment, maybe close your eyes for the next minute and imagine and open yourself to the cloud of witnesses. Is there anyone in your family that you know that went through difficult times that could be a source of encouragement to you now? Is there anyone in the past not connected to your family that? is coming to mind. Take a moment and open your heart to the cloud of witnesses around us to encourage us. Okay, back to back to you, Em. Yeah, we wanted to invite Liz
1: Dyer, who's one of our pastor at a distance, she um, oversees the mama bears, the serendipity doodah mama bears, who are um, moms of LGBTQ kids, many of whom uh, came from a conservative background, but have fully embraced their their kids at this point. So it looks like Liz is there with husband, Ted, son, Nick, is that right? Let's make sure we get Liz off of mute. Go ahead Liz. Hey it's great to be here this morning. Um, my son Nick and my husband Ted are here with me. Y'all say something. Hi everybody. <laughs> um, it's really great to be here this morning. Um, I'm glad to get to say um, a few special words to the mama bears Um, I hope everybody's doing okay. These are are difficult times and challenging. We're facing a lot of unknown. Uh, I was reminded this week of a quote by Georgia O'Keeffe that says, um, I've been absolutely terrified every moment of my life and I've never let it keep me from doing a single thing I wanted to do and i knew that was something that all the mama bears could really relate to because we have had times in our lives when we were afraid and had to face difficult times and and this is one of them um these days i imagine that most of us are feeling fearful um that's okay um these are scary times and and we can't deny that but our fear doesn't have to paralyze us Uh, it doesn't have to stop us um from being mama bears, um, from loving ourselves and our kids and our friends and our family and each other. Uh, in fact, it's love that makes it possible for us to show up even in the midst of fear and, and do hard things and do the things that we need to do because we know that, um, our strength and our courage are rooted in love. We know that love is actually the antidote to fear. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to just give you some kind of Christian platitude here. Um, I know it's not going to be easy. Uh, I'm not trying to say it will be. And, and I'm not asking you to deny your fears. In fact, this week in the, the private group for Mama Bears, we're going to be inviting all Mama Bears to, sh- to share their fears, to name it, um, to discuss it, to talk about it with each other. Um, because our fears are part of our story and we know from experience that sharing our story with others who are uh, loving and supportive of us is is very powerful it's healing and um, it it leads us to wholeness and to strength and um, to bravery and those things help us be the kind of mama bears that we want to be so today i just want to encourage all of you to allow yourself to acknowledge your fears to name them and and to share them with someone that you trust, someone that you know loves you and supports you. But at the same time that you're acknowledging your fear, I want you to remember that love beats fear and that love wins. I hope you have a good week.